Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Tell me why with Graham Finley. Uh, as ever, if you have a question for Graham, you can send it into afternoon at newstalk.com. Today's question is where do national anthems come from and what are they for? Uh, you were nodding when I was reading that out about just return to days of your Graham. Yes. Uh, well, that's an actual, what, I mean, Tanya Ward is the yeah. expert, but this is something I actually know something about right. as opposed to what I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, I work on some of these issues and I was thinking, listening to this as I was coming in, I mean, one of the factors is most people who are irregularly in the country, and this is true of most countries, uh, are on a visa. You know, they don't enter irregularly. That's quite difficult in Ireland. Mm. But they, in fact, um, had a, a visa and then it lapses. Right? Yeah. And you talked yeah. about that a little bit. I mean, it really does complicate what to do. I mean, these are people who played by the rules, but our actual immigration system is rather prone to throwing people into a regular status. And so so that's something we need to bear in mind when we deal with all these cases as well. Right, okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but there's nothing to be said for just like, you know, well, people no, turn up. There's a know? lot for that, actually. And this is, is something right. I'm, you know, I could go on about this yeah. all day. No, I mean, one of the problems with our whole immigration system worldwide is the barriers and the needless cruelty it inflicts on people who, who move, right? Mm. And people, all sorts of things happen to you when you move. Um, and, you know, if you could just move to um, Europe by going to the to the airport and buying a ticket, people wouldn't pay smugglers 10 or 20 times that price to to be smuggled you know, across a border. Yeah. So it's all the barriers we put in, in favor of people. And, and there is a lot to be said for having the market for labor, say, even out where people are, where the jobs are and where they're needed. Right. But you want to prevent those people from being exploited. So you have to have good labor inspections. And ideally, I think unions who care about workers on both sides of a border. And you can fix a lot of the harms and a lot of the things people who are maybe worried about immigration are concerned about, you know, the, you know mm. about, you know, people taking jobs or, or driving up prices. You know, a lot can be done by by just making it a little more efficient as long as people's lives and and are, are, are protected and they're protected from exploitation. Right, okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to know more, you can take my class <laughs> at UCD. I imagine I'll spend the rest of this year reading out reaction to that. It might necessarily be positive. Anyway, uh, back to uh, the reason that, uh, why you're in with this, Graham. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, uh, yes, that. Uh, national anthems. Uh, why were national anthems first sung? I mean, who came up with the idea of even doing this? Well, what's really interesting about national anthems is a lot of them have been around for a long time, and they're quite popular mm. for maybe good psychological reasons. But the actual institutionalizing them as national anthems is a pretty recent phenomenon. And, you know, saying, right, this is our national anthem, and we're going to sing it on these occasions and so forth. Whereas, and in fact, often we have national anthems or we decide maybe we need a national anthem. This happened in Ireland because we're going to the Olympics in 1924 and we're like, holy crap, we need a song in case anybody wins ah, anything. Ah, right. Okay. Right? And, yeah. uh, and they dithered around. They looked at all sorts of things. Uh, they, you know, they thought about... Uh, Aranafian, but um, or the soldier's song, as yeah. I will call it from now on, <laughs> you know, but they actually went with Let Aaron Remember, you know, and they had other candidates, A Nation Once Again, you know, which uh, okay. you know, uh, is still popular, I the believe. The tones are that old, my God. Yeah. yeah, no, they were back there in 1924. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, so, and that's been true of a lot of countries. And um, it usually is around some time of strife, right? So the mm. oldest one, which is still in, in use, is Wilhelmus, uh, which is the Dutch national anthem. which was written in the 16th century, probably in the middle of the 16th century. It's about the inner struggles of, of William of Orange, the, you know, the hero of the Dutch revolt okay. against the Spanish Empire, about, you know, I'm a good, loyal subject, but the oppression. I'm a good Catholic, but the oppression. You know, he, he eventually decides to lead the, the Netherlands to be an independent state. Mm. Uh, and um, it was very, very popular, especially at moments of crisis, you know, like... You're revolting against the Spanish Empire, you know, and uh, it but it was only made the official anthem in the 20th century around 1930, I think, or something like that. Uh, similarly, God Save the Queen, very old, uh, at least going back the tune to the 17th century. Maybe the tune is from Scotland. Controversial. But oh. in any case, uh, becomes adopted in the 18th century. about it's not just god save the king it's god save george the third because people liked him compared to his son okay who, who was you know maybe not mad but oafish otherwise and and so that but you know that's the both of those are praises of the monarch you know which yeah. is particularly you know it's a particular kind of thing it's loyalty to the king uh in this or queen depending on what you've got and so the first nationally adopted anthem which isn't about yay the monarch is la marseillaise from France, which mm. was adopted. I mean, it's, it's the first to play the national anthem role, uh, which, uh, you know, was sung. It's called La Marseillaise because it's a, it's a song about killing your enemies uh, of the revolution, uh, sung by, but it was particularly enthusiastically sung by the, the people from Marseille, the soldiers from Marseille. And, and it's really about the, nation, the nationalist state, the national enterprise, mostly killing your enemies. Uh, you know, it's about militarism and, you know, the sense of being the French people. And it's not about some monarch whose head you would recently cut off. Right. So, so, <laughs> so that's the first use of it as a national anthem. And you really see a flourishing of it, of national anthem usage in the early 19th century in South America with all these independent struggles against the Spanish Empire. It's always the anthems against the Spanish Empire. Um, and then in places like Hungary in the 19th century with all these national revolutions Uh, and the Hungarian Revolution was started off by the reading of a, of a called the National Song. It was a poem uh, which really kicked off this sort of patriotic fervor, which led to the uh, somewhat bloody and un ultimately unsuccessful 1848 revolution in Hungary. Now, Hungary has several songs to choose from, and they didn't choose that one for its current national anthem, um, just as we could have chosen, I don't know, Ireland's Call or something like that to be our national anthem. And and so... You really are court in controversy today. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to change my name and move to another country after this. But uh, so, so and it's because, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of theories about why suddenly at these moments people choose uh, a particular anthem. Mm. One theory is it allows the whole country to unite around... Um, a struggle or a figure or, or, or to get together, despite the fact that they live in a really stratified society like 17th century Netherlands, right? Or the 16th century Netherlands, mm. uh, sorry. And um, they also, uh, you know, so, it, you know, the things which divide us like class and maybe different regional attitudes, right? I'm, I'm looking at you, Cork. I'm just going to mm. go for it mm -hmm. today. Uh, you, know, uh, <laughs> you know, can be united by people um, feeling, you know, you can create this sense of feeling We're like a community together. one yeah. and and it's and it, they think it's particularly if you all sing it together right there's something about singing together which is really powerful and and and, and brings people to this powerful form of fellow feeling mm. uh, and and then the another interesting musicological aspect of these songs is 
confident states, states which can keep their neighbors at bay, uh, states which um, can control their internal populations, right, actually tend to have quite boring anthems musically, ah, right? They're very simple. You know, they're a bit of a dirge, if you think, God yeah. Save the Queen. It hasn't kept it from not being incredibly popular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, many, many, many songs, uh, my, my Country Tis of Thee for, for Americans, uh, but also the National Anthem of Liechtenstein is, is God Save the Queen. Hmm. Suitably altered uh, with different lyrics. Is it the anthem, though, of any Commonwealth countries? It, it, well, that's the tricky part, right? So it was the anthem of many Commonwealth countries um, until they decided, you know, to be somewhat more than just mm. co colonies and and like Canada, mm. right? Uh, which, where, which, again, took a French uh, anthem, which was set up for the army, I think, largely. And this is another feature. And then gradually acquired English lyrics, which are totally different. And and only in 1980, when we were repatriating our constitution from, wow. from Britain, did it become uh, the act, officially the national anthem. And and so so very often the colonies would play God Save the Queen. Um, and, and still, when the Queen's around, they, they play it in Canada and other places just sure. to make yeah, her feel good. Because yeah. it's her anthem. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know? and, uh, and that was the problem which faced Ireland. Ireland had sort of dominion status within the British Empire. Uh, and when the governor general was going to show up somewhere, uh, they would play God Save the King. And uh, the governor general at the time was well, in the 20s was quite sensitive about this. And he said, you know, I'm not going to show up if you're going to play God Save the King, <laughs> you know. Uh, and he actually turned down invitations to Trinity because he knew they were going to play God Save the King. But they needed something else to play. Mm. And they also needed it really came to a head at the I'm, I'm stealing liberally from a, a terrific 1996 article by Ruth Sherry about the history of, of the anthem. But they were going to the Dublin Horse Show and they knew there were going to be British teams there and, and they were going to play them in with their national anthem and the Irish teams needed something. Uh, and the governor general was going to be there and, um, you know, they he needed something to play. And that's when they started using what the army had been using all along uh, as as their sort of anthem for you know raising flags and lowering mm. flags and things like that, marching around. And, and that's where uh, uh, the soldier's song came in. Uh, it still didn't have like a completely strong status in the country. I mean, arguably, it's still not. You don't hear the anthem a whole lot in this country. At sporting events, I yeah, suppose. at sporting events, yeah, you know, yeah. at the beginning, like if somebody else has an anthem, mm. we might as well play ours and stuff. But you know, you don't see people singing at the beginning of every school day or something like that. No, uh, and and you know what the Americans do, right? Uh, so uh, and and you don't. Well, I don't that's, know, a, that's an interesting thing. It's probably uh, many people listening would know what is the story. Of the soldier song. Yeah. I say off the top of my head, I don't know what the well, story of it is. Well, I'll tell you. Okay, do. Th thanks to Ruth Sherry. Yeah. So it was written by um, Patrick Carney and Patrick Kelly. And and there was some dispute over who did what. But, well, Patrick Carney definitely did the words. Mm. And, and Patrick Kelly, he may have had some help with the music, but with Patrick Kelly did the music mostly. And uh, it was in English. And it has got verses, but we never sing those. We only mm. sing the chorus. And in fact, we only sing... The chorus, you know, the one yeah. chorus. Uh, and, and so I've, I've heard, or at least learned from this article, that at, at a World Cup, I think uh, the U.S. band played the whole thing and all the Irish players had never heard the verse music before. <laughs> Most of those different. Irish players hadn't heard even the short <laughs> version. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and so this was very popular uh, and, and, and the army had adopted it. They actually wrote, got their, their official translator to write the Irish lyrics, which are different from the original English lyrics. Mm. And... Uh, he, he gets totally forgotten. 
uh, and, and it's, it's just popular. And uh, but they increasingly start to use it. Um, and a lot of people, um, if you're not a member of Funafall, are kind of annoyed that Funafall's in in the anthem. Right? Yeah. Uh, but it seems like the case is that Dave Valera had no idea when he was naming his political party Funafall that it was in the Irish language lyrics of uh, the national anthem because it was just the army's anthem at the time. Yeah. So, so, is, so is he's it... in the clear there. Yeah. Now, he could have changed it, and people have come up with mm. um, uh, alternative versions. And I'm going to probably write, like, Ikrafal is, is, I believe, the alternative, uh, which I'm told means warriors. But, uh, you know, but it, he, he didn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and we haven't for the most part. But I understand there are people out there who use the non Fianafal version. Was there, but was there some point at which some official body or person said, yes, now this is our national anthem? Or did it happen kind of gradually that suddenly, oh, yeah, well, that's it? Well, it did happen gradually, but it's, I don't think it, I mean, I, I, I can check this again, but I, if I remember correctly, um, you know, it's, it's not in the Constitution, for example, right? So it doesn't mm-hmm. have that kind of status. Yeah. Uh, but it has, I mean, it now has official status. Uh, and since basically, you know, I'm going to say the, the, the 50s. I mean, it took a really long time. It's the 30s to the 50s where you see everything, including the Star Spangled Banner in the United States, mm. be it made absolutely official. And, uh, you know, at the time when there was more and more use of this, um, so it was, uh, I'll get the dates wrong. I'm not good yeah, at dates. But yeah. um, at the, there was more and more use of this. And Petter Carney uh, and, and it was wanted to get paid. right? <laughs> and so there was a huge copyright uh, issue really right because you know they they come up with this and I think it was the estate of uh, of, of uh, Patrick Kelly um, they you know uh, this is when Patrick Carney suddenly got interested in his writing of the music because he mm. wanted the rights to both the music and 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 the lyrics because he hadn't written the lyrics the Irish lyrics so they wanted to get paid basically and eventually the government gave, did write a, a thousand pound check which was a lot of money at the time. Right, but to even secure so- the rights, just so that you know, because it's being played. I mean, they sued RTE, which was playing it, you know, on the radio, uh, and you know, they, every night, and, and, yeah. exactly. So, so they they quite reasonably wanted to get paid. They had to buy the rights again in the 1960s because copyright law had changed, and so, mm. so, so we paid for it twice. So that's the you know, you bought it, you might as well make it the national. Uh, as Kieran says, ah, come on, we used to have the national anthem played at the end of discos. I bet the Yanks never had that, and he's absolutely correct there. That's yeah. the lights that go up, and you'd see who was wearing the face off somebody else. Yeah, maybe uh, the maybe the mo- Jimmy Hendrix most version people in would, the US. would be would prefer that. Uh, no, this is the Irish national anthem. Uh, most people would prefer that. Uh, you know, pretending to be patriotic. Do any countries? not have a national anthem no but I, I mean again it's really important most countries didn't have a national anthem until the 1930s right and and mm. beyond i mean again you get a country now you have to have a national anthem for all of these occasions so uh these things come and go um cyprus is the closest it's borrowed basically the greek national anthem now this is potentially the longest national anthem in the world since oh, the um the lyrics they are taking are from a 158 stanza poem so you could keep going if you want okay. to. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the Japanese lyrics are even older. They're from the 10th century, but the music is from 1880. Uh, not surprisingly, when Japan becomes a modern state. Yeah. Right. So again, you know, emblem uh, national anthems are really complicated. Sometimes you have multiple anthems. Some countries have flag anthems, which are just for the flag. This again is particularly popular in in South America. Um, and it's the song is usually something like "Our flag is really great." Our flag, your flag sucks. Uh, and the, and and the but other... at least that's kind of about the country because in, in many of the examples you gave, 
I don't know, maybe in, for the UK and the God Save the Queen still has a relevance, but a lot of it is kind of martial. It's to do yeah. with wars and struggles that took place centuries ago. Yeah, you've got basically two genres. You've got the, uh, we have triumphed over our enemies in mm. the Battle of X, right? And uh, you have, um, our land is a lovely land. It's so peaceful and nice. And, yeah. um, and then you sort of get hybrids. And so Haydn, you know, some famous composers wrote what eventually became the national anthem. Haydn wrote the... The music, which is why it's quite a good song, actually. Um, you know, the song of the Germans, which you may you may think the actual title is Deutschland, Deutschland über alles. Yeah, that's not the actual title. Oh, no. uh, okay, all right. And, <laughs> uh, and, and Mozart wrote what, what eventually became the Austrian national anthem. Fittingly enough, um, you know, the actual lyrics are really controversial. Canada changed its um, lyrics without strife to a gender neutral lyrics because that's Canadian for you. Yeah, but uh, you know, the German uh, anthem is complicated. Uh, if you sing any of the verses besides, I think it's the third verse, which is the one about how it's a land of unity and justice, you're basically sympathizing with the Nazis. Um, because oh that's where all the martial sort of conquering everybody um, uh, lyrics appear. So uh, it's really controversial. I mean, it's not quite banned, but it is very much political. And, oh, so and, and, and that's true of a lot of anthems. And again, anthems from um, div, you know, societies which have, I say, a complex history um, often have multiple languages. The most interesting one is maybe the South African anthem, mm. which com- contains parts of or is partly the apartheid era anthem. Uh, and the the, par, the the second, but also God Bless Africa, which was the revolutionary pan-African liberation struggle mm. anthem. And so in their efforts to reconcile the various groups in South Africa, it has gone the extra yard with the anthem. They also have five of the country's 13 official languages. Language. I anthem. was wondering about that. But not yeah. sign language, disappointingly. Uh, right. Okay. Fascinating nonetheless. Graham, thanks a million. As ever, Graham Finley there. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. Will the housing crisis ever end? Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. If you are 65 or over, or you have a weak immune system, you can now get your second COVID-19 booster vaccine. Your vaccine is due four months after your last vaccine. It will improve your protection from COVID-19. You can book a vaccination centre appointment on hsc.ie or contact a participating GP or pharmacy. For more information on your second booster or to book an appointment, visit hsc.ie or call our team in HSE Live on 1800 700 700 from the HSE for us all. 